Welcome, everybody. We are the Fantasy Football Sackos, Jason and Alex, back again. Uh, we got a fun episode lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about start sits at every position, uh, give you some streaming Bang. quarterback options. If Boom. somehow you've made it to the semis with streaming Pow. quarterbacks, we got a couple up our sleeve that we're going to like for you. Uh, without any further ado, let's go. You all right? You're going to break your sleeves off. Uh, I was looking up my sleeve. You said I had them up my sleeve. You're wearing a t-shirt. Doesn't make any sense. Welcome to the (laughs) Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krogh. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos. Yeah, you'll have to excuse my uh, better looking half here. Sometimes he makes some... Awful, awful puns and jokes and all of it. And that that was one of them. That was high quality Alex Croak. People have called me corny before. I, I grew up as a carny uh, slinging sweet corn um, <laughs> from, from age 11 on. I actually did that for a long time. So I do actually have corny jokes. Uh, one of them being, why can't you tell a secret in a cornfield? Why? Because there's too many ears listening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you call a uh, private detective that is also an alligator? I don't know. A private investigator. Oh, that's just dumb. Oh, yeah, baby. That's that's that, that, oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> we waited to we waited 15 weeks to break out these. So consider yourself lucky. You're still with uh, us. Yeah. Yeah, right. And it's not even the waiver show. It's the start sit. We're just yeah. busting out the grade A quality content. Um, before we get started, I just want to let y'all know this is our last uh, two for podcast week of the season um, with championship week up next week. We're just going to be moving and well in Christmas, largely driving it. And then the season being over after that, we are going to be moving to one podcast a week starting next week. Thank y'all for joining us. We are going to be continually posting podcasts regularly through the off season and probably move back to two podcasts sometime June, July or something. So it's about right. Let's dive back in. Let's dive in here. All right, Alex. QBs. Give me some quarterbacks that you like this week. QBs or not QBs. That is the question. So, like, you know, this time of year, it's like, you know, you sort by projections, whatever website you're using, uh, ESPN's far superior to Yahoo and, and both of our opinions. And you're kind of like, all right, so so who who do we go with? Who do we start? Um, so, like, we're looking at the best matchups of the week. Josh Allen uh, is projected for the most points on ESPN, um, but he's facing Denver, which has a pretty OK defense. Uh, Vic Fangio has has been, you know, somebody that really has designed how to beat Patrick Mahomes just as an example. So like uh, a couple years ago when he was the Bears defensive coordinator, he he broke the Rams offense and really set up the template for how the Patriots shut down the Rams in the Super Bowl that year. You look at what he did to Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks ago and kind of the blueprint of Miami picked him off a couple times um, this last week. So, hey, I get why you're going to start Josh Allen. But keep in mind, it's in Denver. There could be weather. I mean, you don't know what 
when snow is going to pop up in Denver. It's a, it's a weird Saturday three in the afternoon central time game. So um, I'm not saying he's not going to finish quarterback one, um, but that's somebody that would be like, oh, I don't know if I really want to play him against Denver. So like from my perspective, Lamar Jackson's going to be the potential. I, I think he's the number one quarterback the rest of the way. We've talked about how easy their schedule is. Um, he's facing the the Jacksonville Jaguars this week that have given up the third most points to the quarterback position this year so far. Um, everybody saw what he did the other night against Cleveland, which I think is actually a, a relatively good defense. Um, I mean, you oh god, nine carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns, and and he was out for a while in that game. Um, he finally dropped his 30 point week. Um, which was the first time this year after having like six of them last year. Um, so, I mean, pop is back um, when, when it comes to Lamar. I, I, I don't I don't think I'm starting anybody at the quarterback position over Lamar. Um, and this is really the time that you've been waiting for if you're still alive to to plug and play him. I, I know me and my cousin went back and forth on who should the start of Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. Um, and I'm, it was pretty uniform across across the board that Herbert would have been the play last week against Atlanta. Um, but Atlanta's defense has been, you know, relatively OK since Raheem Morris took over um, after being abysmal to start the season, giving up all those passing touchdowns specifically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson for me is absolutely the number one. It shouldn't really come as a surprise. Um so that's that's the first guy that I would highlight from the quarterback position, which is a pretty, pretty no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you drafted Lamar, you're starting him uh, unquestionably. Um, I want to I'm going to try to steer a little bit more towards fringe guys. Like maybe yeah. maybe if you're sitting there and you're starting like a Ryan Tannehill who had 15, 16 points last week and you don't know if you want to trot him out uh, against Detroit this week. Um or, you know, you have somebody else or you've been regularly streaming at the position and and you're looking for a streaming quality type S quarterback. There's a couple of yep. guys I want to talk about. Um, the first one is somebody I think that is going to present the best um, potential to be available uh, in a positive matchup. And that's Jared Goff, who plays yep. the Jets at home. Uh, Goff is only rostered in 52% of fantasy football leagues, uh, at least on ESPN. Um, his last few games have been a roller coaster, quite honestly. Week 11 against Tampa, 23 fantasy points, throws 300, almost 400 yards, has several touchdowns. Uh, San Francisco the next week, three fantasy points. Um, then at Arizona, 24 fantasy points. Again, 350 yards and a score, also at a rushing score. Last week against New England, like you mentioned, wasn't pretty. 15 points. So it's been up and down week over week, which means, hey, he's due for that bounce back this week. And there is no, well, there's no better team to, to bounce back against in the NFL than there is in the New York Jets. Uh, the They're Jets the best, best rebound, man. You, oh, you yeah. talk about, yeah, just light it up. Uh, the Jets are currently giving up the most fantasy points to the quarterback position in the league over the last month. Um, they've been giving up 25 and a half fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Incredible numbers. Uh, they're giving up almost eight yards per pass attempt, which is uh, tied for second highest in the NFL right now. Um, 
you mentioned uh, being a little bit nervous about playing Josh Allen in Denver. Denver is actually giving up. They're tied for the fifth fewest yards per pass attempt at 6.3. So, I mean, I understand it. Um, I'd be a little nervous for Josh Allen as well. I think really the only way that he's able to turn out in RB1 type production is if he has a good day on the ground. So I'm not sure that that's necessarily out of the question, but I don't think he's going to be passing for four or five touchdowns like he has been. So. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It should be noted that the Jets, um, you know, they've given up under 30 points once in their last uh, five games. Um, so that's not good. Um, <laughs> vice versa. It's not great. Den- no, right. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you, you go to Denver. Um, you know, they've given up 30 twice over the last five games. One of those, I believe, was against the Saints when they just didn't have an offense. So, it, I, you know, I don't know if you really even count it. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, just to go back to fringe guys a little bit. So, I, I know on the waiver pod, we talked about Mitchie. We talked about Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, if you're in a tough spot, you can you can start either of those. Um, we, we also talked about Jalen Hurts, who's still only rostered um in 21 percent of leagues which seems low um but i i think i think i'm gonna go with Derek carr um for for kind of my fringe play of the week um he's only rostered in 53.6 percent of leagues um and he's he's facing the chargers uh tonight when you're listening to this which is thursday and so thursday games are always a little bit weird um but one of the reasons why why I like that is is one, it's the highest over under for the week in Vegas, which is 53 points, which I mean, Vegas always wins. Um, it's the highest game by a point and a half um, at, at 53 points. Las Vegas um, is giving up tons of tons of points and the Chargers are giving up tons of points. Um, I know they did not last week. They only gave up 17. But before that, they gave up 45 uh, and that 45 zero to um to the patriots and yeah there were some special teams touchdowns in there but 27 28 29 the weeks before that um i mean the the raiders are going to put up 30 points in that game i think the chargers are going to put up 30 points in that game um so I, I think you want all the stock that you can possibly get um to kick off your your week 15 matchup um and so f- for me that's Derek carr where yeah he's kind of up and down too um, and Henry Ruggs, it doesn't sound like is going to play, um, this week, um, because I think he got thrown on the COVID list. Um, so yeah, he's, he's my, Derek Carr is my guy. He's been over 300 yards each of the last two weeks. Um, once against those lowly jets that we just talked about and, and Indy last week. Um, I, I don't see how this is not a high scoring game. So, um, I would, I would roll out Derek Carr with some confidence. Um, I don't know if I'd start him over Josh Allen, honestly, um, but I think it's pretty close. All right. Um, so the, we've those are a couple guys that are, I mean, virtually all of them are still rostered in more than 50% of leagues. Uh, Carr and Goff both are. So you mentioned Jalen Hurts. He is currently rostered only at 21%. Yep. If there was a guy that was available in more competitive leagues 
Um, it's more likely to be Jalen Hurts than anybody else that we've talked about so far. Um, Mm -hmm. Going up against Arizona this week, who, yes, um, they only allowed the lowly New York Giants to score uh, seven points on them last week. Um, However, you know, the week before that, they gave up 38 points. The week before that, 20, then 28 and 30, all the way back to week 10. So they are giving up points. Um, They just had a day against uh, the Giants last week. Um, Jalen Hurts comes in after lighting up the New Orleans Saints, if you want to call it that, not really through the air, only completed 17 of 30 attempts, 57% of his passes approximately for about 170 yards and a score. The major contribution came on the ground, 18 rushing attempts for 106 yards. I mean, does he have 10 points built in? It's at Arizona. It's in a dome. There's no weather concerns. He's going to be running for his life. Um, in that offensive line, behind that offensive line, um, the Cardinals, they're pretty stout in terms of fantasy points given up to the quarterback. Over the last month, they've actually given up the sixth fewest, and they're only allowing quarterbacks to average 12 and a half fantasy points per game. Um, I mean, and, so were the Saints, and you saw what the Eagles did to them, though, too. You know, That's my argument. While they're doing very well against quarterbacks, they're giving up their 25th against running backs and they're giving up 25, 20 or just 24, excuse me, 24 and a half fantasy points per game, 24 and a half fantasy points per game to running backs. Jalen Hurts, to me, at least right now, is, you know, going to be a lot more effective on the ground than he will be through the air. Um, It didn't matter against the Saints. Do you think that he's able to have a successful day? Would you rank where would you rank him? Where do you ballpark? Top 10, top 12, top 15? Uh, he's definitely top 15 just because of the built-in rushing yards um uh, and relatively okay matchup where you know their offense showed life for the first time. I don't think the Eagles are terrible. It's just that Wentz just really sucked. Um he he Could does not have make weapons. a decision this year. No, like he dropped back to pass and he was like, he's just like ducking right away. Um, so, yeah, I, I, he's definitely a top 15 play. I, I think he's a safe, safe play. I, I would be surprised if he like explodes for a, a top like six week, top five week. Um, but I, I think he's got a, a pretty high floor because of those rushing yards. Um, I would say part of it also depends on the scoring of your league. And we've talked about this since we've started recording podcasts. Um, If you're in a standard, you know, ESPN league where it's four points per passing touchdown and six point per rushing touchdown, every score that Jalen Hurts has on the ground, you're getting two bonus points that other quarterbacks don't have. Um, Not to mention how you get a lot more fantasy points for rushing yards than you do passing. So he's going to have that floor. It's going to be built in. There are awful on the ground. Excuse me. The Cardinals are awful against stopping the ground game. Um, I, uh, I'm a little bit excited to see what Jalen hurts can do in not as tough of a defensive matchup against right. the Cardinals. Um, and it not being freezing and yeah, it, I, me too. I agree. Yeah. I mean, they're giving up four and a half yards per rush right now, which is 20th in the league. So would you, I want to get into a little bit of would you rather, would you rather, would you rather start Jared Goff or Jalen Hurts? 
I would rather start Goff. Um, I feel like he's he has the the higher ceiling against the Jets because everybody just tortures the Jets. I, I think you'd have a hard time starting Hurts over him. Would you rather start? Let's see. even with even with Cam Akers kind of emergence here, where you know that might eat into his passing attack. Uh, you know, from a throwing touchdown perspective. That would be my only only concern of of starting golf over Hertz. Yeah, um, I guess for the record, I am on the Hertz side of that golf question. Um, would you rather start Hertz or who else is around that same grouping? Mitch Trubisky at Minnesota. Uh, I would start Hertz um, again. I don't think Trubisky's terrible start this week um you're desperate if you're playing them but you could do worse um well we already talked about him uh hurt or Derek carr um i i would start Derek carr i i think the matchup's too good i really want to go hurts there uh hurts or Taysom hill uh, it depends. Drew Brees got activated um to participate in practice today or designated to return from ir so um, we don't actually know what that's going to look like. They play Kansas City. Um, regardless, I think I would rather start Hurts um, because Kansas City's defense isn't terrible against the pass. Um, so, yeah, I, I would start Hurts. Um, just, just as we're kind of like delving in a little bit to some guys that, I, you know, we maybe might not start. Um, I, I would not want to start Baker Mayfield. Um, he's got the he's got the Giants this week. And I know Baker's come on quite a bit the last um, I don't know, two, three weeks. Um, but I, I would stay away from him. The Jets are giving up the fifth least amount of points to the quarterback position. You mean the Giants? Uh, or sorry, yeah, sorry. Giants are giving up the fifth least amount of points to the quarterback position. Uh, we talked about the Giants defense quite a bit this year where, um, you know, it's just not a good matchup. You don't, like we talked down the Cardinals last week um, and they did just okay. A lot of that was set up with turnovers and the the Giants inability to move the ball on, on offense. Um, I wouldn't want to start Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I would never want to start Cam Newton against Miami. Uh, if you're still starting Cam Newton, like just please find somebody else. Um, and even like a, a Deshaun Watson who has gotten you this far. Um, and I, I know he did okay against the Colts, but if if Brandon Cooks doesn't play again, and just him having no weapons against a good de- against a good defense in Indy, who's at home. I would pause in playing him this week, um, just because you just don't like. You saw what the Bears did to him last week. He got hurt. He didn't finish that game. Um, I there. I don't think there's been an injury update on him. I'm assuming he's a full participant because there's nothing sitting next to his name. Um. I guess he came back in, but he he should not have. Um, I I don't know. I I would I would have pause starting Deshaun Watson this week. Yeah, he's one of those people that I'm a little bit nervous about now. Of late, Indy has been a lot more leaky to quarterbacks. Yep. Um, and we talked about that in our last couple podcasts. But my concern is just the absolute lack of weapons. I mean. Yeah. You you get to a point, it doesn't matter how a defense or how an opponent is doing. These guys are all professionals. You know, you need to have at least a basic level of competitive ability 
um, in order to compete. And so I do worry about Deshaun. Uh, if 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 I was a Deshaun manager that made it to the playoffs, I would I and would survived his performance last week. You're like breathing somehow. a sigh of relief that you're that you're still alive. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun, I think could find a way to finish still as a QB one. It's just I'm just worried about it. I'm yep. not as confident in it. Um, one person that I think that you should stay away from if you have been able to make it this far with him after last week's 13 and a half point output against Buffalo uh, from Ben Roethlisberger. Um, That offense hasn't looked pretty for a while now. He's kind of a check down machine. Um, They only completed, he only completed about 57% of his passes against Buffalo last week. Has a good defense. No hate against Buffalo. But it's not an upper, it's not a top three defense in the league, at least not in my mind. Um, 57% only passed for 187 yards. Yes, had a couple scores, but he's had a, he's thrown a pick in each of the last four games now, two picks against Buffalo at Cincinnati, which like you think about, oh my God, they're going to be able to do whatever they want to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is giving up the seventh fewest points to quarterbacks right now um, over the last month. And they're only giving up on average 13 fantasy points per game to QBs. Um, And you know why? It's because they're 26th against the run. uh, Running backs are averaging 25 fantasy points per game against Cincinnati right now. I think you're going to see James Conner and Benny Snell come back to life a little bit. Deontay Johnson. Uh, really? You really think their running backs are going to do something? I think they're, they're going to do something. Attack. No, the, I, I, I would start Big Ben with confidence this week, oh, personally. I mean, he's, got, he's got two touchdowns or, or more in every game except for two this whole year. I know, I know they've struggled a little bit, but uh, I mean, Cincinnati is, they're, they're toast. They, they got nothing left. Andy Dalton destroyed them um, last week. There, there's if the weather's okay, um, I think the I think the the Steelers have a bounce back week here where they fi- they finally get set you know seven days in between games, um, which they have not had in a while with their funky schedule playing on Tuesday and then early Monday. Like they've they've had a, they've had a weird couple of games and and I'm not making excuses for them, but um i i would start roethlisberger with confidence i would never start a pittsburgh running back regardless at this point if you've gotten this far <laughs> don't just don't do it start somebody else i love that you said andy took him to the woodshed he only had 185 passing yards and 15 yeah, it, fantasy points but it was like, a revenge it was a revenge game but you know what you could <laughs> see though easily you could see pittsburgh getting up a couple scores, three. Say they get up three scores, and two of those happen to be rushing punch ins. And Big Ben sitting there with fifteen Both by points. Benny Snell, that asshole. Yeah, and they're gonna run the rest of the clock out. They're just gonna run clock the second half. Like that's what yeah, makes could. me worried about that game yeah. um, for Ben. But yeah, that's fair. We'll see. Also, I I had a title for this podcast, but Deontay Johnson dropped it. Um, oh man! Wow. <laughs> You, 
<laughs> I say you actually, yeah, you took my joke because. Oh, uh, you can't, no, we can't, I was, we're talking about the Steelers for 10 minutes and you don't make a Deontay Johnson drop joke. That's on you, bro. No, I was going to do it on, about Marquise Brown, who got added to the COVID list. And we don't know if it was a close contact or if he actually has it or not. And I was going to say, well, we know he didn't catch it. <laughs> because especially if Lamar threw it to him it was underthrown and it just didn't get to him oh my god lord yeah wow that's amazing I applaud it it was still good it was so good yeah. um, right. random r- random random point just for a quick look ahead to week uh, 16 if you're looking at a title game matchup um, and and I would look at potentially adding Drew Locke um, who's only rostered in 8.6% of leagues um yeah oh. i'm going there he he's at Whoa. the chargers he's at the chargers week 16 um and oh. so i'm just saying he had four touchdowns against carolina he's he's in la good weather week 16 against a really terrible defense don't be surprised if drew lock does something in week 16 so if you're really desperate for a quarterback um, I would point you that direction as a pickup now so you don't have to spend anything next week. So Sorry. the way that our podcast works, um, we've obviously seen week over week decreased uh, viewer and listenership as people are slowly but surely eliminated <laughs> is, from Is that why? Because I'm recommending Drew Locke? And so I just want to say that for the seven people that are left listening to our podcast... <laughs> <laughs> Please do not start Drew Locke in your fantasy football championship should you make it there next week. <laughs> uh, I'll go on record now. I'll throw it on the board. He'll have over 20 fantasy points in week 16. Over 20? Yeah. All right. Hold on. How many times has he even gone over 20 on the season? Let's start there first. Uh, Drew Locke. Has gone over 20 fantasy points. I mean, he did it last week, as you mentioned. Other than that, he has done it exactly one time. And that was against Atlanta when he threw for 313 and two touchdowns at Mm -hmm. the Chargers over 20. Can I get 23? Nope. 20. Uh, That's fair. If he does that, he'll be a top 10 play. Yeah, that's fine. Put it on the board. Okay. Yeah, I'll throw it on there. I think I honestly, I think it's 50 50 does it. So I'm not super confident in that one, but it's so outside of it's so like non chalk as far as like what, you know, most mainstream analysts are going to say. I wouldn't be surprised if he pops off for 20, though, in that matchup. It's pretty juicy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you should add him um, if you're in a rough spot, because I, I think he's overly playable in that matchup. You don't have to worry about weather. Um, which is going to make a difference that weekend. I can just, you know, you can just tell it's going to matter. Um, and I would, I would start him with confidence. All right. That does it for me for quarterbacks. You got anybody else? Are we ready for running backs, buddy? Let's move it. Let's move on. All right. So now we're going to be talking about some uh, sit and start running back suggestions that we do have uh, for your games this weekend. Um, somebody that, there's a couple players, honestly, that I keep getting some questions on. Um, and I want to talk through a couple of those with you. A lot of them have centered around Cam Akers. Um, people think that he's not going to be able to or it, 
it's going to somehow revert back to a split um, or um, it's not. It's it's hard. Well, it's hard if you think about it, right? Because you have two running back positions and one flex. So if you've made it this far if, and you pick up Cam Akers last week, it's if you have a very good team, it's kind of hard to put them in mm-hmm. your fantasy football lineup. Um, what I will say is, as far as Cam Akers for me, he for me is, uh, I think, probably a top six running back, top 10 for sure um, on a weekly basis, just because of the snap share and uh, how many how many of um, the touches he's garnering over his other backfield mates. And the um, matchup against the Jets this week. I mean, and the crazy. matchup against the Jets this week. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned it. The Jets are. They're going to. I just think that they're going to run away with that game. So. I think that Cam Akers could absolutely be used to ice the clock. I mean, they are. The Jets are giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points per game to running backs at only 17. So. It's stout, but it's because. They're just their entire defense is bad. Like over the last four weeks, they're giving up the most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. Like we mentioned when we talked about Jared Goff earlier. Um, but Cam Akers has been a revelation for them in the last couple of weeks now. I don't think he's going away. And I think he's going to have a day against the Jets. I think he's going to have a day basically every day that he plays for the Rams. So um now, another person I'm getting a lot of questions on is Josh Jacobs against the Chargers. Now, the Chargers are giving up 21 fantasy points per game to the running back position. Josh Jacobs isn't healthy. He's also a tremendous uh, troll um, for fantasy players <laughs> posted on his Instagram story last week that he was not going to be playing in the Raiders game. Uh, and then what did he end up doing? He ended up playing in the Raiders game. Um, so that was, I thought that was absolutely crazy. Uh, he got called out on national television by Matthew Barry, uh, who said, don't be like this guy. And then uh, they tweeted it from uh, the ESPN handle, the, the clip of it. And then Josh Jacobs RT'd it and said, I don't give a shit about no fantasy basically and come at me, bro. Or tell me if you tell me about your, the problem that you have with me when you see me. Um, and Calvin Ridley commented on it and he goes, not at all. Like I, yeah, you don't care about it. Nobody cares about it at all. And so, and he called uh fantasy players, lame ass people that complain that are the same lame ass people that complain when players get hurt. Um, he's so, not yeah. wrong. He's really not. You know, he's not wrong. Just uh, just for just, clarification, just went for the jugular, though. Um, yeah, I like it. So I have a question for you then. Yeah, let's because we've talked about these two guys. Would you play Cam Akers or Josh Jacobs this weekend? Um, It's a good question. I feel like Josh Jacobs has been just a, a big letdown the last like month. Um, You know, he started out really well. Uh, he had that terrible game against Atlanta where everybody was projecting that he would go off pretty good when uh, when the Falcons destroyed him. Didn't play against the Jets. 
only nine points and a half PPR against Indy. Um, I I don't know. I I think you probably start him just because of the matchup, but I don't know how much confidence you have, and you're not really like surprised if he doesn't do that much. I mean, he's RB eight on the year, but uh, he hasn't really done him done much the last three weeks. My so yeah, you start him, but ugh. I'm starting Cam Akers over him, man. Honestly. Uh, my problem with Josh Jacobs, there's a couple things. One, he's hurt. Okay. Uh, two is last week against Indy, he played 43% of snaps. Devontae Booker was in on 28% and Jalen Richard was in on 31%. Yeah. If he's not getting the passing down work, he's an RB2. That's just what it is. I mean, teams are going to be able to score on the Raiders and he has a half bum leg. Give me yep. Cam Akers. Uh, every day and twice on Sunday, especially when he had 79% of the touches in week 14. So, or of the snap share and was in on 50 snaps. So I would absolutely start Cam Akers over Josh Jacobs. Um, I agree. Josh Jacobs in with Josh Jacobs was in on 29 snaps last week and Cam Akers was in on 50. So. Opportunities, everything. I uh, random quick question for you. Um, so now that uh, Ronald Jones is not playing after having surgery and thrown on the COVID list, and Bruce Arians has said that that Leonard Fournette will be starting for Tampa yeah, okay, Bay Bruce. this week. Well, I mean, I, I would be surprised if they play Vaughn or McCoy uh, extensively. Um, you would be is surprised. Is finally the week that, yeah, that's taken like substantial time away. Um, is this finally the week that Leonard Fournette shows his top 12 running back potential that I've talked about all year? <laughs> <laughs> no, Bruce Arians is a freaking liar. He's not going to tell you who the starting running back is. He if did. He, he did. literally said, yeah, he literally oh, yeah. said, Leonard Fournette is the starting running back. Dude. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. And if my wife had wheels, she would be a bicycle. Like it's gonna doesn't matter. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter at all. Like the guy, all he does is lie to people about every. It's not starter. nice to call your wife a bicycle. <laughs> There's so many riding jokes I could make. I'm not gonna go there. I'm waiting for it. Uh, Are there training no. wheels or no? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not 18. I'm not okay. 17. Well, actually, children, wait till you're an adult. Be smart. <clears throat> Lord. Always wear, tr- always, always wear, always use training wheels just to make sure you, the bike doesn't tip over. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be safe. Um, where were Leonard we? Fournette. Leonard okay. Fournette. That's right, where we thanks. were. Wow. Back to where we were going. All right. Jesus Christ. Um, no, I don't trust Bruce Arians. He lied. All he's ever done is lie about who his starting running back is. Um, if you want to have an idea about who could potentially get touches, just wait to see who's active that day. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Keyshawn Vaughn got a little play or if they tried to see if McCoy uh, has anything left in the tank. Um, I, I don't know. It, Put if me he, in for a Leonard Fournette top 20 week this week. Just 
just put me in for it because he's going to score mean, a touchdown. If he gets and, one score, he's top 20, right? Yep. He'll score so, a touchdown. I'm, I wouldn't take that as a board bet, but I would take top 12. <laughs> nope, top 20. Yeah, um, so like I, I noticed in, in our uh, our league that Wayne Gallman is somehow a, a free agent. Um, he must have been dropped recently. Yeah, by right by one of the four teams that's in. Um, you know, again, always always scour the waiver wire just to see if there's any random weird ad drops. Um, you know, I, I know he he's been relatively okay. Um, he kind of have a, had a stinker last week, um, but still eight eight nine points is not terrible. Um, Giovanni Bernard also got dropped in our league. Uh, I would not be comfortable starting him against Pittsburgh um either way so I'm, I'm cool with that um and so are you uh are you starting dobbins or, or gus edwards ever again going forward i hate why are you in my head i literally was getting ready to ask you questions oh, i don't want to i don't want to answer that question <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to answer the question about whether or not to start Dobbins or or no. the Gus Bus. No, man, I had no, I got no freaking clue. I uh, I have no idea if if it's going to be Lamar rushing it in or if it's going to be Gus going from twenty or Do- like. It's clearly not Mark Ingram at this point, clearly. right? So so at least we got rid of one of the three. Um. But if, unfortunately, we we cut off one head and two more came out. It's like Hydra, so we still got Gus Edwards and Dobbins sitting there, and so I. It's a great matchup. Um, it it really is. Um, so it's it's tough. Now the it's it's just it's frustrating. Um, for me, it's just mostly frustrating. Um, Dobbins had a 62% snap split, um, which is RB one, you know, fringe RB one snap share. Gus Edwards only had a 27% snap share. He was only in on 16 snaps. Um, how he was able to turn 16 snaps into seven carries for 50 yards, two scores and a catch for four yards. I mean, he touched the ball on half the snaps he was in. Um, it's obvious if Gus is in that they're running the ball, the guy can't catch. Um, I mean, the, the yeah, plus the last week, the plus I'll take out of it is that Mark Ingram saw a single snap. Um, Justice Hill, for some reason was in on six of them. I don't understand that at all. Um, Justice for Hill. As far as Dobbins this week, the Jaguars, and even Gus Bus, the Jaguars are giving up the second most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks at 32 fantasy points per game to the running back That's position. A lot. All I have to say is if you watch, if you watch that game and you saw how the offense works, I mean, if you think about it, how many points per game is uh is Baltimore averaging right now? averaging on the season yeah or even in the last like four to six weeks um it's a few scores a game 
Yeah, but they had that week where everybody was on the COVID list and then it got delayed and then yeah, RG3 played. So um, it, it looked like they figured out their offense um, this last week against the Browns. They put up 34 against the uh, Dallas the week before um, and, you know, 47 this week against the Browns. I, I would be very surprised if they didn't score at least 30. Um, that's four touchdowns. And so I'd be surprised if any of them are passing. If it is, it's going to Mark Andrews. And then that that's uh, at least two rushing touchdowns available between Dobbins, Gus Bus, and uh, Jackson. So The Ravens are averaging uh, three and a quarter touchdowns per game. Um, and so... What I think is, is that there are, for me right now, there are too many hands in the cookie jar to reliably uh, start uh, J.K. Dobbins. Um, I mean, Lamar had two rushing scores last week and a passing score. Like, R- Lamar Jackson ran for 124 yards and two scores on the ground. Uh, the week before that, Lamar Jackson had 94 yards and a score on the ground. Lamar Jackson is the running back to own in that offense. He is who I would want to start at running back, but he's a quarterback. Um, J.K. Dobbins is sort of the role that he has is, I guess I would describe it as this, is he's a very electric player who uh, does great work making chunk plays and getting chunk plays between the 20s. And even gets a little, you know, some work around the goal line and whatnot. But I just feel like with all the option and whatnot between Lamar Jackson and Gus Bus in the red zone, I don't want to start J.K. Dobbins. Like I, he would need another probably 10% of snap share for me to be somebody that I think could pop off. Yeah. Would you rather start Jeff Wilson provided Raheem Mostert doesn't play? Yes, 100%. Jeff Wilson, uh, I tweeted from our fantasy football account, the fantasy or what are the F at the FF Sackos on Twitter. That Big debate uh, on there today. Huge debate. Just one little hot take tweet lit up for 120, 150 some odd likes. I don't know. It um, wasn't even a hot take. I didn't think so. But um any well, we can get that to that too. But uh, where was I going with this? I'm lost now. You interrupted me. Sorry, Jeff Jeff oh, Wilson Jr. I tweeted that Jeff Wilson is a top fifteen play. I think he he's a top is. fifteen play if Mostert sits. Yeah. So, what I mean, how how much do you like Jeff Wilson this week? Assuming Mostert isn't eligible. I mean, we saw what the Ravens did did to Dallas a couple weeks ago. Um, Cincinnati just doesn't have the firepower at this point, nor the offensive line to to move an ant out of the way to to for blocking. So, um, yeah, I I would trust the Sanford's like if Mostert's out, Jeff Wilson could get you to a title game this week. Um, it seems like he's getting 50 50 carries provided Mostert's out. He's probably going to get 75 percent of the carries, which would be huge um, against a very. Uh, not great rushing defense um, that just looks slow, um, especially against the Ravens a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I, I think Jeff Wilson's a, a overly OK start and, and 
he should be played if you have him, unless you have a couple studs ahead of him. Dallas over the last three weeks is giving up 5.6 yards per rush attempt on the season. Uh, they are also the worst team in the league on the season, averaging 5.1 yards per rush attempt. Uh, so they're even doing worse than their average in, in the last month. So, And, and what, is the, what do the 49ers do really well? They run the ball. Movement at the snap, misdirection, run the ball. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I would absolutely start Jeff Wilson as a top 15 play, and I don't think that that's being too outrageous. Um, you mentioned our little Twitter explosion today, so let's talk about it while we talk about running backs. Um, who do you think is the waiver wire pickup of the year? Right. So, I mean, you posted a pretty innocuous uh, tweet of uh, Mike Davis being the um, waiver wire pickup of the year. Everybody's like, uh, James Robinson has entered the conversation. James Robinson has uh, disagreed with you. Did you forget about James Robinson? Uh, sorry, you misspelled James Robinson. Uh, James Robinson star. Um I mean, if if you were drafting when you should be drafting, which is the weekend before the season starts or after uh, Labor Day weekend, um, I mean, Robinson was drafted in every league that I was in except for one. Um, he should have been drafted. It was an auction league and he just kind of got missed. Um, so I, James Robinson was drafted in, in all of my, you know, 75% of the leagues that I'm in. Um, so I, I do not consider him a waiver wire pickup. Um, if you're drafting early, then yeah, obviously he would have been, but still, why did, why was he not picked up before the season started? I mean, they basically announced that he was a starter before, before week one. Um, so yeah, I mean, Mike Davis has saved teams. He's been really great, uh, when he's played. And even when Christian McCaffrey played, he's still produced. Uh, it doesn't seem like McCaffrey's coming back this year. They're probably just keeping him out. Uh, I know he had a quad injury, um, pop up once he came back. Um, I, again, I would be surprised if, if he plays, uh, yeah, Mike Davis has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, uh, I thought, I mean, all, I don't know. Maybe it's just um, maybe it's just the uh, the group of people that we uh, interact with that are locked into fantasy football on our fantasy football Twitter account. It's not like the common layperson who are just you know just very too in tune to fantasy football. But I just think Mike Davis is clearly going to has already had and will continue to have a better fantasy playoff run than James Robinson has yep. had and will have yep, um, matchups even I, with Washington week 16 for Mike Davis. It doesn't matter if James Robinson was the one that gets you to the playoffs. If you can't take it home because he dropped a 10 pointer last week and then has Baltimore and Chicago to finish out his season and is a low end RB two. Um, to me with very, uh, with very little upside, they're going to be down in all those games and have to throw. And they're back to Minshew where they're just going to air it out. Exactly. 50, 50 times a game. Probably. I mean, unless he can rob Minshew of a touchdown in the red zone, I don't think that he's anything more than a low end RB two. And by the way, you're going up against the 
Ravens and the Bears like in back-to-back weeks. It's just it's not going to be great. Yes, the Ravens are injury riddled right now. Sure. Um giving up 27 fantasy points per game to the running back position over the last 4 weeks. Um that number plummets all the way from 27 to just about 22, 23 on the season. So they're giving up four or five more fantasy points per game to the running back position right now because of all of their injuries and the COVID issues that they've had. Um, so I don't know. I just think that Baltimore is going to take them to the woodshed. And I think Chicago has a very good defense. I'm not expecting a lot from James Robinson and the Jacksonville offense. I think that Mike Davis presents a lot more upside. He scored four, 14, 15 more points in week 14 than James Robinson did. James Robinson, to me, you know what the play was? The play was start James Robinson for the first half of the season, 10 weeks, and then trade him um, and try to get somebody that can win your league. That That's who the waiver wire pick is. Um, try to get yeah. around the Mike Davis dud weeks when CMC tried to come back weeks, what, seven through 10 um, when he was kind of what, eight, seven, eight points per week. But yeah, he McCaffrey only came back for one week. I know that as week a nine. McCaffrey owner. Yeah. Just devastating. But, uh, shall we, shall we rotate to wide receivers? I like to rotate. Why don't you tell me uh, a wide receiver that you're excited about this weekend? Oh, baby. I didn't know you had moves like that. Rotation. Um, yeah, so I I mean, how can you not like Allen Robinson? Um, great matchup against against the Vikings. Mitch Trubisky looks for him all the freaking time uh, when he's playing. Uh, Robinson coming off a, a really good week where he didn't even have to do anything in the second half because they were winning by so much. Um, still put up a nine for one twenty three and a score, thirteen targets. Uh, since since Mitchie has come back, he's been targeted thirteen seven and thirteen times uh, after not being targeted in double digits the previous six five weeks. Um, so yeah, I um, I mean Allen Robinson, great matchup indoors, Minnesota. Um, I know that that's. Probably somewhat obvious, but we did talk weeks ago. Um, again, go to our website, thefantasyfootballsackos.com. There's kind of a, um, you know, one of the articles posted is playoff schedule, and the Bears just have a great playoff schedule. Like you saw it starting last week against Houston. Um, you're going to see it continue this week against um, against Minnesota. So um, he's one guy. Um, I would love to start Brandon Ayuk um, this week. I, I think he's going to go for a, a potential long rushing touchdown of some kind or like a screen pass touchdown. Huh? Um, Who? Brandon Ayuk. Oh, uh, uh, against okay, Dallas. Sorry. I thought we were still on the bears, but then you totally just were like, and Brandon, I, okay. All right. Oh, I, yeah. I yep, wanted um, to talk a little bears with you. Oh, let's, let's do it. Um, Say that the bears run the table against, the Vikings and Jaguars and end up playing the Packers in week 17 for a playoff spot. Do you think that Nagy and Pace have done enough to keep their jobs for another year and Mitchell Trubisky for that matter? Do you think that they bring, get the band back together? I hate you. (laughs) I'm just saying, right? They could very easily beat the Vikings and Jags 
end up trying to play for a playoff spot. And is that enough? I don't want to do have you to resign? listen to my Packer friends boot us from the playoffs one more time. No, um, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I, I think they made a critical error in starting Foles as long as they did. Um, Trubisky has actually been okay. Um, you know, when he actually plays, um, you know, if, if, if you look at what his stats are for the season, he's got 13 touchdowns, five, five picks in what, eight games? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. So like that's a, that's a 26 and 10 over the course of a year, which isn't great. Um, but I, I, I will call this now. I think Mitch is going to be hopefully a lot like Tannehill where hopefully he kind of gets a new lease on life, uh, go somewhere where there's better coaching. Um, yeah. And I'm, and I'm, yeah. and I'm not comparing Nagy to Adam Gase, but, um, I mean, why not? They're his off Nagy's offense is, is brutal, but they have been a lot better since he stopped calling plays. So, um, so yeah, Alan Robinson, uh, any more bear stock or, or shall I keep going? No, that's fine. Tell me more about Brandon Ayuk. So I would know Debo in the lineup. I don't know how you can't start Brandon Ayuk if you have him this week. Um, he He's clearly the number one guy there. Um, and the, the way that they play, and we talked about their misdirection before the snap, they just find ways to get the ball into playmakers' hands. We talked about Dallas' defense being slow. Um, when Debo doesn't play, it seems like everything funnels to Ayuk. Ayuk's had double-digit fantasy points each of his last five games that he's played in. Um, great matchup against Dallas. Um, I'm starting Ayuk as, as probably a wide receiver one this week, or that's where my expectations are. Um, just because I, I think he gets to it or is at least close. I like it. Um, I think that he's a stud. Now, there is one talking about Twitter earlier. We did run a Twitter poll. Um, something that um, I'm interested in is who do you think is the wide receiver one in San Francisco next year? Do you think it's Ayuk or do you think it's Debo when he's healthy? I think it's I th- it's still a healthy Debo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it is it really George Kittle? I mean, can Kittle please stay healthy for 16 games? <laughs> That'd be nice. I mean, that's, that? that's the question, right? I mean, you're still taking him as tight end two next year um, with a big leap of faith that he's going to stay healthy. Where do you think he falls to? Do you think you can get him in the third or the fourth? I would be I would be surprised if he makes it out of the second still, honestly. Yeah. The, the tight, like you just got to swing for it. Like I think his value is like we, we actually thought Kittle was going to be a wide receiver or tight end one this year over Kelsey. If he stayed healthy, he had a higher ceiling. Of, right. And because of it. right. So I, I think because of that, I think you still, we'll see what they do with the quarterback too. If they, if they keep Garoppolo or trade him. um, but again, the 49ers can't keep their team healthy. Um, I don't know who their athletic trainer is, but um, maybe they need to hire the Chargers athletic trainer and just puncture people's lungs. <laughs> um, just to um, somebody that I'd be worried about this week. I know I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit. It's it's Terry McLaurin. Um, oh, 
Yeah, you just took that right out of way, right out of my mouth, man. Yeah, tell me, tell me why you're worried about Terry McLaurin. So you, you on the surface, right? You, you log on to ESPN, you, you see, oh, McLaurin, he's, he's facing the worst defense against wide receivers in, in Seattle. Um, okay, so they're the worst defense. Let's, let's fire them up. Um, That's so did you know misleading. That- did you know that Seattle's given up? Um, let's let's take a look at how many points they've given up uh, the last five weeks. Three last week, 17, 17, 21, and twenty three. Um, that's not great uh, if you're if you're starting players against them. And then let's let's really drill in here. The last three weeks. Now, none of these offenses obviously are are great. They've played at Philly. They've played the Giants, who had Colt McCoy, and they had the Jets. But I mean, the Jets were the Jets offense was putting up some points. Um, you know, they, they had their three wideouts and Perriman, Mims and and Crowder all playing. Um, they combined for 10 catches for 112 yards. Yeah, um, the uh, the Giants week, their wide receivers combined seven catches for 64 yards. Philadelphia, nine catches for 46 yards. That's like nothing. Yep. They're, they're still the worst ranked defense against wide receivers. Um, but if Alex Smith isn't playing and you're, you're relying on Dwayne Haskins to get the ball to McLaurin, it, it'd be a ballsy sit. Um, but if you have somebody better, um, I, I would do it. Um. The Seahawks, while they are ranked on the season as the worst team in the NFL against receivers in terms of how many fantasy points that they're giving up over the last four weeks, they have given up the fewest fantasy points in the NFL to the receiver position at 21.3 fantasy points per game to all receivers. Uh, do you want to know yeah, what they, the, they they haven't given up a touchdown to a wide receiver in five weeks? They're the only team in the last month that has not given up a touchdown to a wide receiver. Their yeah. line for the last four weeks, 44 catches, 391 yards. That's, That's it. nothing. That's, That's nothing. literally nothing. So I would be Jamal Adams came back and just like lockdown. I would not. Would not be excited to start Terry McLaurin this week at all. Um, what are you, what are you doing with Deontay Johnson? So let's, we, we look, we look at him and he got benched in the first half for drops. Um, let's say he has a drop on the first series this week. Do you think they put him back on the bench and how much confidence do you have in starting him? Deontay Johnson got benched. He played like what? 49% of snaps. Yeah, he, he got he got benched the entire first half after the second drive because he had three drops. He finished. He only played 28 snaps. He was in a 49 percent of plays. I don't I'm not excited to play Deontay. I mean, you couple that with the fact that over the last month, the Bengals are giving up the second fewest fantasy points per game to receivers at 24. So, like. I I don't want to play Deontay, but at the same time, you do. I feel like you, he's, ha- you have to if he plays and he's going to play as long as he doesn't go out there and drop the first two catches that are thrown to him. As long as that is not what happens, he's going to have double digit targets. 
he like he is. Yeah, I, I would start Deontay Johnson with confidence. You know, even yeah. if, even though he only played half the game, he still had seven targets in that game. I obviously, you know, he dropped three of the first four balls that he th- got thrown. But since week nine, his targets are 10, 11, 16, 13, 12. Um, and then obviously the seven, seven pointer this week, uh, or sorry, the seven targets this week. Um, I, I still think he's a, you know, they're going to be short passes and you hope he breaks one. He's, yep. you know, James Robinson against, uh, uh, against Buffalo. That would have been his touchdown, but they put James Washington in um, that when he had the, the like seam route for the touchdown that that would have been Deontay. So um, I still think you got to start him. I understand your skeptability or skepticism. If you don't, if you have better options, okay, go for it. But um, I, I, he's still, still a must start. All right. Let's talk about a couple more fringy players. Um, fringy. G- guys that, uh, you know, kind of riding the roller coaster right now. Um, one that comes to mind for me is Corey Davis. Corey Davis had a whopping three targets last week against Jacksonville, turned him into 34 yards or three catches for 34 yards, finished with 2.9 fantasy points. The week before against Cleveland had 12 targets, 11 catches, 182 yards and a score for 30 fantasy points. So you go from 30 fantasy points to three overnight against the uh, Jags. Who are giving up the what seventh most fantasy points to receivers, and that's all you drop is three fantasy points. Um, this week, Tennessee has the Lions, who are giving up the second most. So you go from the seventh most to the second most fantasy points per game to receivers at fifty-three. Um, you and I talked. We preview. We previewed. Well, we did our starts of the week, and what my quarterback start of the week was Tannehill. It was basically every titan because i knew that they were just going to drop points uh on the jags um, yeah we also didn't know if aj brown was playing at that point right a little bit yeah, that's that's true like yeah i was I, hoping he would, if he would have sat oh my god Corey davis but he didn't yeah and the Corey davis line was what it was um you got to figure aj brown is going to start again here do you see the same sort of game script happening where they just get up huge and lean on Derrick Henry to finish with 200 yards and multiple touchdowns and Corey Davis how, is just left in the dust. Yeah. How can that not be your expectation? Right. I mean, I, I, AJ Brown's a more explosive wide receiver than him. Um, he's playing. Uh, I, I think it's a, I think Corey Davis is a tough start. Like somebody as an example that would rather start over him would be Nelson Aguilar. Uh, yeah. You know, like you're you're taking the matchups into account um, and game script and just knowing what the Titan or yeah, what the Titans do is they're going to they're going to pound Detroit into submission and then it's going to be over. <laughs> and Johnny Smith is playing again, too. So it's just somebody else um, there to soak up targets. Granted, he only had two uh, against the Jaguars, but I mean, they just got up big and they leaned on Derrick Henry. I'm afraid that that's what they're going to do again this week. Um, and then the next receiver, um, that I'm wondering what your thought is on is actually Cole Beasley, another one of those fringy type receivers. Um, as you mentioned earlier, our concerns for Josh Allen this week, the Broncos are currently seventh against receivers, um, in the last four weeks, only giving up. 
29 and a half fantasy points per game, two receivers. Um, got Buffalo this week. Are you worried at all about Cole Beasley? Um, the guy has been an absolute target machine. And I mean, yeah. target machine. I mean, he's had double digit targets in each of the last two games and three of the last four. Do you think that he's able to turn it on against Denver? Yeah, it'll be interesting because uh, uh, talking about Vic Fangio and what he does, you know, he's he's going to try to take away digs at all costs. And so does that open things up for Beasley working on the other side of the field? It's possible. Or maybe Gabriel Davis. Um, I uh, that's tough. Uh, I've not looked at the weather forecast for Denver. That would be my first thought: is look at that, make sure it's not going to snow. Um, yeah, I mean, Beasley's a, he's been a wide receiver too all year. Um, twenty two, twenty two wide receiver on the year. Um, yeah, he's had a couple stinkers in there, but um. You know, the weather forecast you, you, you for chase, chase targets. Denver's weather ca- forecast for a Saturday football game at 3.30 in the afternoon is 44 degrees and mostly sunny. So I, not so bad. I, I think you can start him um, and and you'll be okay. I don't think he has a super high floor, but with but with how how much the Bills throw the ball and don't give a crap about Singletary or Zach Moss on the ground, um, because of that, I think he's going to have enough targets to be fine. All right. And then um, putting it all together, uh, this is going to help out one of our league makes. Uh, Brian wants to know, out of Beasley... Corey Davis and Jeff Wilson. Who do you start? I mean, if Mostert isn't playing, I think that's the f- the for sure answer uh, is is Jeff Wilson. Um, if if Mostert does play, um. If Mostert Mostert plays, are you playing Beasley or or Corey Davis? I'm probably playing Beasley. For the floor? Yeah. Yeah, if Mostert plays, then Jeff Wilson is not in my fantasy football roster in the semis of the playoffs. Uh, If Mostert does not play, it is absolutely Jeff Wilson. Hands down. uh, Every day and twice on Sunday. And it Um, might be Jeff Wilson even if Mostert does play, but... (laughs) I, I. I mean, I would not be surprised to see him outscore the other two, um, but I, I don't think you can do that. Do you have any concern about Jarek McKinnon or Tevin Coleman? No. Tevin Coleman rushed two times for negative 11 yards in uh, the 49ers week 13 loss to the Bills. And Good Jarek, Lord. Jarek McKinnon played two offense or excuse me. Jarek McKinnon played zero offensive snaps and seven special team snaps in week 14 <laughs> against Washington. I am not worried at all about Jarek McKinnon or Tevin Coleman or anybody else. Tevin Coleman uh, had two snaps in week 14. So 
It's just they're not it. It's going to be the Jeff frickin Wilson show of all people. And it's going to be glorious if Mostert misses. The only thing that I'm a little bit nervous about is that, I mean, the guy's going to have to rotate out. So hopefully he doesn't get a touchdown sniped, which honestly could have happened anyways by a Brandon Ayuk end around if we're being honest about how that offense works. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it Just more advice for Brian. If he's listening, one of the three, three, uh, I just looked at his roster. I mean, he's got Noah fan. I was saying he's got Zach Ertz on his team just to talk about tight ends. Um, if Kyle Rudolph doesn't play, I think I'd rather start Irv Smith over both of them. Um from a from a matchup perspective, um, I, I think Irv Smith will outpoint Ertz for sure. Um, Noah Fant um, is a is anybody's guess what he's going to do on a weekly basis. Um, so just throwing that out there as a as a potential. If Rudolph doesn't play, um, I'd rather have Irv Smith than than Fant probably. Yeah, Irv Smith last week against Tampa, four targets, four catches, sixty three yards, and a score. 14 and a half fantasy points and half PPR. Um, <sighs> it was and, long. And Noah, and Noah Fant just didn't. I mean, he went off the field sick. And it yeah. wasn't COVID related. Just no, he, he left in the first. He went he left sick, put up a zero burger against me, and I still lost the matchup just because my team <laughs> crapped the bed. But hey, you know, it's fantasy football. Debo played one snap, got hurt after he ran nine yards. But when I talked about it last podcast, I don't need to dwell on yeah, the misery you, you crap, of... You crapped the bed while Fant couldn't play because he was crapping his pants. There we go. On that note, uh, I don't have anything else. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, Alex? Are you, are you all good? Are we good to wrap up here? Yeah, I wish I had some newsy stuff. Um, I've... <laughs> I, I'm nervous. I'm like flustered that I don't have anything to talk about here at the end. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk newsy stuff, newsy stuff, then uh, I got all of the newsy stuff for you. Uh, ben was sent home from the Bachelorette last night. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> the guy just he was in touch with his feelings. Uh, he loved Tasha to pieces. He just couldn't muster the words to tell her. Uh, all of the other guys had either basically said, I love you or I'm falling in love with you. Ben couldn't muster the stones to get there. And so he got sent packing because Tasha didn't know that the guy loved him. So, so hold Alex, on. So can hold you on. express your feelings for me? Can you just tell hold, me where we're just at? Stop. Hold on. I just so want to know she, where we're does at. She, does she say that I'm falling in love with you too? Uh, to to like seven guys. Oh well, right now it was four. It is now okay, three. So okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you start with like upwards of twenty dudes, and then you work your way. No, down. I know boom, that. Boom, boom, boom. So like, so so three guys say I'm falling in love with you, or I love you. Does she reciprocate that? Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. She has told Zach, who's the front runner, obvious front runner, that uh. She is falling in love with him. And I believe she's also said it to Brendan. I don't think she just she goes said it to and, Ivan. And then she just goes and makes out with other dudes. Yeah, she loves them all. She literally is in love with multiple people. It's like, I don't even know. What uh what's that religion where it's like Mormons? Yeah, it's like a Mormon thing. But like flipped, right? That's and she's so not married to weird. him. And it's you know, it's a TV show. It's, it's a eight 
10 week experiment. But yeah. So can you imagine being the guy that she picks and then having to watch all of that? No, honest. I wonder how much they do watch. Oh, that wouldn't awful. be great. Well, no. yeah. Well, the, the final two go down to the fantasy suite, which is overnight with her. So like, and there's no cameras for that. So there can be some things that go down in windmills like Hannah Brown. And, uh, I yeah, don't know if I get that, you don't need to, um, pilot Pete went multiple rounds in a windmill with Hannah, with Hannah Brown a couple seasons ago. So that's, uh, that's, that's really all that's about. Um, good for that guy. Yeah. Good for that guy. It was just like the ongoing joke that didn't go away. Um, what the other newsy stuff I have, do you watch the amazing race? I've heard of it. Okay. Well, um, it's over. It's fantastic. Uh, I, my Are wife still doing it during COVID. Yeah. Uh, well, I honestly, it might've been filmed. It was filmed before. Yeah. It, that'd be my guess. Okay. It was filmed before COVID, which is amazing considering COVID started like eight months nine, ago, nine, nine months ago, or like overseas. It was a year ago. I mean, it was in, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Will and James won the million bucks. They ended up actually, and I'm bringing this back to fantasy football. They, uh, the finish line, they race all over the world, a bazillion different countries, 33,000 miles, 11 countries. And, uh, they finished at the Superdome where the saints go marching in was the final clue. So good on them. Yeah. Congrats. Will and James. I, I love the show. So I had to give it a shout out. The finale. Yeah, was well, it's it's kind of like a new version of where in the world's Carmen San Diego a little bit, right? Where you got to travel around and yeah, pretty much follow, follow the clues. Um, just as a as a random side note, I helped out at um, the Northern Illinois Food Bank in the United Way, put on like a um, like a food uh, handing out Christmas food to people um, in Elgin, which is where I live in Illinois. Um, which is like 45 minutes outside of Chicago when there's no traffic. Um, <laughs> I was like 45 <laughs> minutes. You go rocket speed. Yeah. Or it can be like two hours if there's traffic. Um, and so we got there at two 30. Um, we started handing out food at like four 15. Uh, I think there was 500 cars that were lined up, um, to get food. Um, so just another friendly reminder, like if you have any resources, like find a local food bank, um, you know, uh, donate to any um, food food places that are around you for the holidays. Um, if, if you have the money to spare, uh, I was thinking about doing something um, of, you know, just taking taking some money and paying for people's groceries. So if you have a need, like shoot me a DM, um, no questions asked, I'll send you some money for some food. Um, it's a, it's a rough time right now. And, you know, a lot of us, uh, have it pretty easy, but, um, yeah, just, you know, seeing all these people, you know, sit in line for hours in their car just to, to get a Turkey and, and some food uh, that we were handing out was, was, was pretty sad. Um, honestly, and, um, and, and not, not sad that those people were waiting in line, but just like sad that they had to wait in line if they don't have resources, uh, from my, my perspective. So, um, if you need anything like please, please reach out to us and we'll see if we can, uh, we can get you something. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, especially this time of year, um, and 
I mean, there's certain, you know, benefits and things that are scheduled to expire before too long here. Hopefully right. everybody can get their act together and we can help out the people that need it most, um, especially in time for Christmas um, and before another month goes by. Um, our way of uh, making a little spreading a little Christmas cheer was by uh, casually gambling on David Montgomery's ability to score a touchdown in last week's uh, game, which he, I believe, scored on the first play. Um, play number one. And so we were uh, able to basically say that, um, what, we bet that he would score a rushing touchdown in the game and we would pay somebody, was it $50? or $50 if he didn't score. Yeah, and then regardless, even if he does, we will still pick somebody who followed us and RTs the uh, the tweet twenty five bucks, and so um, Alex, can I get a drum roll, please? So he did score. We're still giving out twenty five bucks. Our uh, our lucky winner is none other than doc mitchell or uh, on twitter is at reflip ew the nuz what up um, doc what up doc uh his twitter profile reads luckiest man alive saved by god father husband son and brother history phd focus in the 20th century u.s uh also a writer and ranker for dynasty nerds shout out dynasty nerds uh, Doc, thank you for following us. Thank you for RTing our comment and participating. Um, if you haven't, if you guys have not checked out Dynasty Nerds, they are great. Um, all of their writers and content creators um, put together great um, statistics and articles. Um, Doc Mitchell, thank you again. Shout out to you. Go follow him on Twitter. He is at R-E-F-L-I-P-E-W the Nuz N-U-Z. Reflip E W the Nuz. All right. That does it for tonight. And with that, we're gonna transfer to our social media page. Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter so you can uh, follow up along or maybe participate in some additional shenanigans as we move through the uh the NFL playoffs. Um, we're going to try and do some creative things here as we move to one podcast a week to keep everybody engaged and entertained. And um, yeah, I think, I think we're going to have a couple of our uh, younger listeners participating live on the show. So I'll we'll call it that. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. 